Crystal Deal With It focuses on bridging the gap between where you're at now and where you'd like to be. We'll explore wisdom and techniques from a wide variety of domains and industries and apply them to your unique challenges. I love developing frameworks, processes, and storytelling metaphors that enable personal and business growth. Through actionable next steps, we'll build momentum and confidence. My goal is to help you clear roadblocks, do more with what you have, and realize the potential of yourself and your team. So throw your challenges my way and Crystal deal with it. All right, welcome to Crystal Deal With It. Uh, today's a very special workshop episode. Uh, workshops are live working sessions where I dive deep into a specific problem or focus area alongside a special guest. Today's workshop is going to be relevant if anyone's interested in parenting, education, or cultural shifts from the 1980s to today. So in honor of my 40th birthday this weekend, I've decided to turn the tables with today's episode. So I'm really excited to introduce you to Marie Burke, my mother and grandmother to six awesome kids ranging from nine months to five and a half years old. So for today's workshop, I'll be the one asking the questions so that mom can deal with it. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so we'll jump right into it. It's been 40 years since you became a mother. You're welcome. <laughs> um, any reflections? Yeah, don't ever think it's easy or that you could be a mom or a parent better than anybody else because you can be a super babysitter, super nanny, and you could probably be super mom too, but it's definitely not as easy as the first two. We were talking before the show, and you said like every day it's something new and different. And yes, part of what we'll talk into today's episode is talking about the differences between the three of us were born 1982, 84, 86, but now you've got a whole other generation of grandkids <laughs> that you do watch on a regular basis. So getting the differences that a lot's changed in those 40 years. Absolutely, big differences. And since you're up here for the week, taking, helping take care of uh, my two rugrats. I've always been told that with two kids, parents can play a one-on-one -on -one defense, but with three or more, you have to move to a zone. So on top of having three kids when you were younger, you were also the custodial parent for much of the upbringing. Mm -hmm. um, and you worked hard to give us every chance that you could, but how did you manage the stress of three young kids? I think the biggest stress that most single parents have is a financial one because sometimes you're just dealing with one income. I was really blessed uh, and extremely grateful I never had to deal with that. Um, for me, the biggest stress was finding time for me because if I had a little time, it was usually to do laundry, housework, you know, catch up on the hundreds of different things a day that, you know, you don't get to. Me time was rare. I used to try to take a daily break. I, I always liked Westerns, so, you know, uh, the middle of the day was usually a bonanza break, a cup of tea, maybe a chocolate chip cookie if you guys didn't eat them all, you know, and then just zone out, live on the Ponderosa for a while. It was great. Saturdays was, you know, Western weekends or something, and, you know, I could do housework in between watching something that was interesting. If things got really bad and I needed a break, you guys went to bed early because it didn't <laughs> matter what time you went to bed, you were up with the sun, so... <laughs> I talked about it before, but you do watch your grandkids on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So what differences do you see from parenting in the 80s into the 90s and now the 2020s? There's a lot of differences. Technology being, for me, number one, to stranger danger with the abductions of children while their parents are standing next to them in a store. And then medical. I know people having babies during COVID, and that's, that's really scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying worry about every little sniffle. Is it something serious? Is it a nursery school kennel cough? <laughs> Even just the logistics of having our youngest. Uh, we had a pandemic yeah. baby and just 
am I going to even be able to go to the hospital and help yeah. out? We had to have a whole plan in place, backups, just in case mm-hmm. they should decide that week that the COVID cases are too high. Yeah. Um, I'd love to. I'd like to dig a little deeper on one of the three different topics: uh, technology, stranger danger, and medical. Mm-hmm. So with technology, there's so many more technological tools you know, available to parents. And you've heard me rant how many occasions. You, know, you go into any restaurant, there's TVs all over the place. Mm-hmm. They don't really have to parent. You just, you know, yeah, you may want to be able to have a meal and just not have to deal with kid wrangling. But it does mess the kid's ability, I, th- I feel, to engage as a family. What's your thought just in general around technology and been a cultural well, shift? Well, you know what a great technophobe I am. I'm, I'm not technical. I can handle Google and the internet, which I think are amazing, because if you have a question, if a child has a question, you don't really know the answer or how to break it down to their level, you can Google it. It'll tell you what you what you want to know. I wish I had had that when you guys were younger. I mean, there's things I would have done different. Trips to the library just because I asked another question. Exactly. I was always having to do a lot of footwork to get answers to your (laughs) questions. They didn't stop. They still don't. Education is increasingly digital, too. I mean, I Mm -hmm. guess every parent got a crash course in it during COVID with a lot of the stay-home education and Mm -hmm. trying to do remotely, which I know was, for a lot of parents, is a really big hassle if you're trying to work a full-time job as well. But you were saying there's not a lot there's not, my kids aren't in grade school yet, but there aren't as many textbooks in the classroom. How, no, are you, how are you seeing it for in terms of education of the kids? Well, I, and that's just from when you went to school. It was still textbooks. And I've heard that more from the generation in between because, let's face it, all these guys are preschool. I mean, yeah. there again, all the schools now have computer classes. Almost any preschool child can work my cell phone better than me. <laughs> you know, t- tech is, is big now. It's, it's almost like its own course. But it's also, it's also the access to information, both good and bad, right? It's yeah. I mean, I remember when when computers were first coming out, and you probably had your first one, and I remember seeing the movie Tech Wars, and I just looked at you and I said, whatever you do, don't bring the feds to the house. Because I knew I couldn't, you know, oversee what you were doing. You yeah. were smarter than me in that at that point. That was, uh, was Zero Cool from the Hackers movies in the 90s. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you had today's technology back when we were kids, are mm-hmm. there things you would do differently? Oh, yeah. I'd have probably made my own baby food. I'd have probably done a lot more basic generic things. You know, I'm doing some of them now. I mean, with your your nephews, we've got a great garden in the back. This year we learned how to grow pineapples and banana trees. Uh, There are things that probably I could have done differently. Um, I probably would have tried more carpentry skills, plumbing things. Because I've done some of it since then, but back then we had a house. You know, I could have done a whole lot more. (laughs) You know, with all this deep fake technology seeing now with manipulating videos and pictures, it really couldn't have messed with my sister. We told her she was uh, descended from aliens. Yeah. That plot, that plot yeah, in the we back. really could have. Can you <laughs> imagine? Maybe we still do that. She, she, <laughs> she might Maybe she won't listen it. to this episode. <laughs> um, so topic two that you brought up was stranger danger. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, I feel it every single day, right, with the abduction of school shootings, COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, you would kind of say it's overwhelming and unsettling, but... When, when you guys were little, I mean, I remember they had, they started like the fingerprinting of kids and stuff like that. Cause I remember doing that with yeah, you guys, that, yeah. but for the most part, I took you guys everywhere. I mean, I remember driving up and down from between New York and Florida with the three of you in the back seat and really wasn't too worried about traveling with you by myself. Now it's like, I don't want to take my grandkids in. And part of the difference is I'm not their parent. For me, it's more, I don't ever want to be responsible for anything happening to anybody's kids especially my grandchildren but 
if I go to a store, it's I'll only take one at a time. Unless I have, like if your grandmother's with me, then there's one of us to keep an eye on each one. But unless there's an equal number of adults with children, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm, I, I'm nervous about it. And I, I'll be honest with you, if I see anybody's kid walking around in a store without their parent, I'm watching them because I'm afraid. Yeah, I find myself doing that too. I mean, I, I would definitely come to the aid of a, a child that... Yeah, you know, I remember hearing it recently too. I think a lot of parents are just like, don't talk to strangers, don't talk to strangers. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I had heard is um, you look for a flag, food, or families. So if you see parents with other kids, okay, well, you know, they're with kids, so go up to that parent and say, I, I, need, I can't find my mommy, I can't find my daddy. Mm -hmm. You see a flag, it usually means there's either a school or a police or fire or someone mm -hmm. official. And with food, you know, they're used to having to keep very high standards, so you know, it's a better place to go for help. But I think a lot of kids in the, ge the recent generation have been told, don't talk to strangers at all, whereas you want to train them, and like, hey, let's turn this into a game, I look for these things. So that was some advice that I heard recently, though, of like, don't just sit there and be lost. Like, go find somebody. And that's especially true for children who have Asperger's or, you know, autism being on the spectrum, because they can't read faces, they can't read... Attention. Uh, atten yeah. Who's safe, who's not. They can't read faces. They can't hmm. read. How much of that do you think, you know, in terms of taking kids into a store, you, you used the example before, I mean, is due to the change in the media, is it hype, fear-mongering, social media algorithms that are driving those negative stories to the top? I mean, there was this stuff happening in the 80s and 90s. I'm sure it happened back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, too. It's just a matter of people didn't talk about stuff way back then, and more and more is coming out, but you don't know. I mean, maybe the level of stranger danger is exactly the same as it was in the 50s. We have no way of knowing. At least hearing about it, knowing about it, you can address it with your child one-on-one -on -one in a way, hopefully, that isn't too scary for them, but you want them to be safe. Um, and the third, switching over to that third topic, medical, I, I mean, COVID put a big wrench in everybody's plan. But, but there's also the change in medical coverage. Back when you guys were little, if you sneezed, I could run you to the doctor and it was covered. Now you have to sit there and go, okay, here's my copay for the emergency room. Is this an emergency room visit? Is this go on the internet and find out? You know, how often were you? So we talked about the internet, the technology, and having access. Mm -hmm. You know, we have WebMD and all these technologies, and you want to go to the .govs, not the .coms, as, the, as the pediatricians will tell you. Mm -hmm. But you, know, you probably didn't know as much or have access to understand what, what are these symptoms. You almost had to go to the doctor all the time, right? Yeah, unless you had that reference book. No, I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, reference you know, books. How often were you grabbing all three of us, throwing them in, in, into the car and going to Dr. Pallant and saying, you know, what's wrong with my kid? Really, not so much with you and your sister. It was more your brother who got everything because you two were in different schools. So you'd bring germs from one school, she'd bring germs from another school, and your brother got everything. <laughs> And there was one weekend where I think all three of you had something. And I remember Dr. Pallant wasn't around. I had to go to some other doctor. And I guess I, somebody was watching the, you and your sister, and I just had him with me. And the doctor literally thought that I was some crazy woman, thought this was my first kid, didn't know what was <laughs> going on. I'm like, no, I got two more at home that are just as bad. Just tell me what's wrong with this one. I'll yeah, deal with this, all three. This one's, this one's really sick. I'm not making it up, you know. And then he was kind of yelling at me because he had a fever. And I said, well, he felt fine to me. And it turns out I was the one who had a fever on top of it. I was just as oh. sick as all three of you. So, But we lived through it. 
said before, you really blessed. I mean, we did have a pretty you know, good situation. I know it was very stressful for you personally, you know, being the primary caregiver for all three of us. But there's still many fond memories. You know, I guess I've been a little self-reflective over the last couple of weeks because <laughs> my 30s are fast ending. Say, 40 does that for you. Yeah, exactly. The check but... engine light comes on at 40, honey. <laughs> <laughs> One of the fondest memories I had as I was looking back at your motherhood. And mm-hmm. I remember I told you I wanted to be an accountant like my father. <laughs> and... I think immediately thereafter, he handed me a book on creative projects for kids that I could do at home. And I was like, oh, I want to do this, 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 and this. And then you rushed me to the art supply store, and I went on some shopping spree and spent way too much on supplies to just go build random stuff. I mean, it's still one of my favorite memories on how you always encouraged us to be creative and inquisitive. Maybe dig in a little bit more on kind of what your view of that was, you know, in terms of fostering creativity. You always encouraged that part of our personalities and manifested in many different ways. But I'd love for you to dig a little deeper on that. Well, I grew up in a a one-parent home, too, and my mom was a working mom, and for the most part, I had entertained myself. And I was very artistic, but we didn't have the money for supplies and whatever, so you had to be even more creative because you had to make your own kind of fun for the most part. So my artistic side was never really fostered so much, and I didn't want whatever I would have liked as a kid, I tried to make sure that you guys had that opportunity. And you guys were pretty creative. I mean, you you gave me a run for my money. I'm going to give you that. (laughs) But my thing was whatever you decided to do career-wise, I didn't care what it was. Just wanted you to really enjoy doing it. If you enjoy your work, it's never work. It's just fun. I wanted you to be able to support yourselves and not just put a roof over your head, but to be able to have all the fun stuff too. For the most part, all three of you, right on target with that. So I guess I did something right, which is kind of nice, just to be self-sufficient and to be able to enjoy all the things you want to do. You guys were really creative. I learned a lot through the things that you guys wanted to do Hmm. because a lot of them I never did. So even though I didn't really get to do them, I got to enjoy seeing you guys do it. The only rule that I, I remember having And not because of you, basically your brother and sister, was if you decided you wanted to try something, fine, you could try whatever you wanted to try. Music, gymnastics, dance, Mm. whatever. Whatever you signed up for, I wanted you to see through that class. Because if you didn't see it through, you couldn't go once and go, I don't like it. No, you got to do it. You do it 10 times. Give them a shot. See it through the 10. You know, I'm laying out the money. Do it. And for the most part, I think everybody did that except your brother. He had he wanted drum lessons, and I think we went for two of them, and I think I paid for ten. I was yeah. not really happy about it's that. Just, I'm, not, I'm done with this. Yeah. Um, well, I, I remember the guitar lessons. I think there was a, the karate violin. teacher came in, violin, yeah. French horn. Was, that was school yeah. mandated. That was a disaster. But. Yeah, but you saw them through. I mean, you tried them. That yeah. was the point. I mean, if you could try them for free, hey, I was really on board with that. But... Um, <laughs> But no, no matter what it was. I mean, your sister did gymnastics and dance, and you guys played hockey, which, let's face it, I was on board for that one yeah. all the way around. <laughs> uh, you know, neither one of you won the Stanley Cup, but, you know, it, it was still uh, it was still. Didn't even get a sniff, Ma. I didn't get drafted. <laughs> Maybe if you raised a bigger kid. If I was 6'3", 240, I would have made it. It's a funny aside, too. So, obviously, you, my love of hockey comes from you as, a, as well as the creative streak. But growing up as a diehard Ranger fan and seeing one kid just uh, fall in love with the same my heart, blues. My heart. You're really going for the heart now. But then the other, your other son decides <laughs> New Jersey Devils are his team. Yeah, but yeah. How would you deal with that? That was really, really hard. I don't remember if you were 
ever a Ranger fan. I don't think so. I can't remember. I would, cheer, I would always cheer. I always, even to this day, I do cheer for them when the Blues are out. Like, they're different conferences. It's almost yeah. like, it's almost it, like baseball. Not, you have yeah. the Yankees and the Cardinals. It's okay because they're different. They never well, play each other. Also, with the St. Louis Blues. See, I remember when that, that expansion draft happened. And most of the St. Louis Blues were ex-Rangers. Yeah. So St. Louis wasn't too hard a snap because, you know, at some point, most of my Rangers were on St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, I forgot you were around for the uh, 1967 yeah. expansion. You're dating yeah, yourself just a bit I, I know, but I was. Let's face it. I got a 40-year-old kid, you know. I know. Your brother actually was a Ranger fan. He was a Richter fan. He had the jersey and everything. And then Brodor shows up, and it's like just turns his back on Richter. It was, it was a little bit of a bandwagon riding there, wasn't that was, it? That one hurt. Still remember Game Seven of the '94 <laughs> Cup like Finals yeah. where you built a Stanley Cup cake. Yeah, I mean this thing was like life size. I got pictures of that bad boy. All kidding aside, you know, I was I was always one of those things we always bonded over. Even to this day, we you know, still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having the, having those sort of moments together were, were pretty meaningful. One of the fun things you mentioned, the cake, was every year you guys got to pick your birthday cakes. Oh, boy. You know, I had a bake. <laughs> I made some great cakes, and I never really would have uh, known that I could have done what some of the stuff that I did if yeah, it wasn't yeah. for you guys. I remember a Starship Enterprise, mm-hmm. Mario mm-hmm. Brothers. Mario Brothers, Gumby and Pokey. We've had many hockey emblems. Yes. Yeah. Can't go wrong with a good blue note cake. No, you. we did uh, the little brats cake. Remember that one? Oh yeah, it was an ice rink with all the different <laughs> little brats on the cake. Did goalie nets and everything. <laughs> you know, my kids are four and two now. I'm starting to recognize distinct personality differences between them. You know, hopefully they all both stay St. Louis Blues fans. But no, you know, I'll, I'll work on them. They've got a similar age gap to my sister and I. And now that we're all adults, it's obvious that we're all quite different. And all siblings have their differences. But what advice do you have for fostering what makes kids unique? while instilling a a common set of values? Well, every family has their set of values, what they want to force. I mean, you guys are all doing things different than I did, and and that's fine. I'm, you know, I'm cool with that. I'm I'm not thinking that I had all the answers or anything, but you guys know what you want your kids to grow up believing is right and wrong. And kids are all going to be different, and it comes down to addressing or gearing those set of values for each kid. Most kids learn either visually, verbally, or demonstratively. And when they're little, you kind of have to use all of them until you see which way they're going. But when you find out what technique works for one child, that's what you use. And it's the same for academics, hobbies, activities. It's the same way you're going to teach them values. When your brother was doing something wrong, I could throw him the look. And he stopped dead in his tracks, and nine times out of ten, he'd be crying. You know, I was like, oh, I got mommy mad. You, I could tell you, Chris, this is why you're not going to do this. And you'd stop. You were fine. Your sister, I did every trick in the book and then some. I mean, I pulled new stuff out of my hat every day. And (laughs) it did not seem to phase your sister one way or the other. And it got down to the point where your brother said, mommy, can we nog her? Because he couldn't say the word ignore. But we had to do all the other stuff first. And then we finally, you know, just say, okay, let's nog her. And she'd stop, but you know you had to spend a half hour trying to get her to stop first. And then when you were gone, it was, it was like Braveheart. Yeah, you know, Snoopy drawn and quartered on the front lawn. I had Bengay potions on my yeah, pillow. Yeah, could never find a babysitter that could handle her. You went to babysitters. Ever. You have yeah. any advice for dealing with babysitters? Uh, we haven't gotten to that stage yet, but uh, yeah, we, we stick definitely stick with someone who won't hang your kids with duct tape from the ceiling. That's a, you know, that's about it. 
grandparents were pretty good for that because they love your kids. So, you yeah. know. <laughs> no, I, I remember people would, friends would call a house. And if your sister was at a friend's house for a play date, uh, you and your brother would be in a living room and they'd go, where are the kids? Well, boys are in a living room. Kathy's at a friend's house. And they'd go, the boys are home? Yeah. Where's the noise? She's at a friend's house. She's gonna love this episode. I'm yeah, she, <laughs> she. The funny thing is, she admits it. You know, she like she looks at her kids and she goes, "Mom, how did you do this? And you didn't drink? Yeah, I can't believe you didn't drink." Yeah, you know, I don't remember during my childhood. And you don't have to correct my memory here. You know, you did go back into the workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, you worked for most of our childhood growing up, but you know, how was that balance? Probably had to work your work hours differently. I know you had always had to try to get some side jobs on the weekends, but you know, I know I was a little bit older and sometimes would watch the kids, but like, where did you make that cut off in terms of finding that balance between working life and parenting? When I went back to work, I remember that's when we, we tried the one disastrous babysitter that did not work out well at all. I had just come to the conclusion cause you were early teen and it was, it got to the point where it was, I didn't really want to put the responsibility on you, especially with your sister, because she was a handful. And after the disastrous babysitter, I said, well, you know, they're, they're probably better off on their own. Because it was only for like an hour between when you got off the school bus, within an hour I was home. So it was mm. just a one-hour gap. And I remember giving each of you a job. One was the security officer. One was the <laughs> medical officer. One was the fire marshal. You made sure the doors were locked and everybody was safe and uh, done first aid, I guess, in Girl Scouts. So I told her if anybody got boo-boo, she could pass out Band-Aids, you know. And it was to make sure that all the fire exits were clear. So, you know, everybody was able to get to the door and you could open it if you had to get out of the house. And you got paid for those jobs. I figured, if I'm going to pay a babysitter, I may as well pay you guys. And then if you were busy with your assigned duties, you weren't killing each other. It was only an hour. That's I just had to buy an hour. That was pretty much it. And you all survived, and so did I. So I guess you know all's all's well that ends well. <laughs> no, I know we were, and again we were joking before about some of the the one liners. You had some classics growing up as a kid. You know, I remember everybody's getting, favorite. Get belted or be belted. That's right. Second we got in the car, we all had to buckle in and say ten four, ten four, ten four. Yep. Car didn't feel. move. Yep. <laughs> You always had that kind of bionic elbow where you can manage to whack all three of us at once. We were really getting out of line. Yeah, it's like Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> Five foot three, but your arm must have been eight feet long when you were trying to get back to that. Yeah, now my grandchildren call me T-Rex arms, so go figure. <laughs> you always had some good ones for dinner time. Dinner was always kind of a challenge because it was always, no matter what I made, one of you didn't like it. So dinner was always, uh, you had two choices, take it or leave it. Uh, We had one cabinet that was filled with, at minimum, 10 boxes of breakfast cereal, so everybody had their choice if they didn't like dinner. Whoever survives gets dinner, right? Yeah, that was for when you were, like, you know, doing uh, wrestling, all three of you trying to kill each (laughs) other in the living room, yeah. Yeah, obviously, uh, we joked about your height before, but, you know, you always want to make sure, you know, as we all got taller than you. Yeah. You always have the classic. Uh, as long as my foot can reach your butt. No, it, like I said, it's, it's kind of fun to sit here and reflect after 40 years. But having kids now versus having kids then, I think there's been so much change that's happened over the last couple of decades. You know, is there anything else that comes to mind living it through your grandkids now besides technology and all the other stuff? It's easier when it's your grandchildren because <laughs> you get to go home. <laughs> but they're all fun. I, I, love, I, I love watching them and seeing little bits of their parents in in each one of them you know and i can see little bits of different family members 
one of the things that makes it tough too is now you've got you've got some grandkids down in Florida where you mm-hmm. are, and you've got us up here in New Jersey. But you know, when I was growing up, I think we were we we had family down in Florida. We mm-hmm. had some family out in the West Coast. We didn't always get together, so we, I guess we've always kind of had that dynamic in our family with a lot of separation. That's what we miss. Uh, that one piece of technology is being able to Skype. It's a piece of technology that's made a big difference. And being a technophobe, I admit it, I was nervous about that. But the thing that got me past it was the thought that when I came, if the girls didn't see me visually or have that kind of interaction, when I came up, they would not want to socialize with me. Yeah. We'd spend a few days getting past the who's the stranger in the room. Yeah, they, they picked, it was like, oh, yeah. almost coming. They knew who you, they yeah. made those connections. That's true. Yeah. So that that's a, a, a piece of technology that is probably one of the biggest blessings because mm. I don't feel f- as far away from them as I would if we didn't have that technology. Do you feel that the tools like Skype, I mean, I know it's just a screen and it, it's not always the same because the kids sometimes are just, you know, they're checked out. All they're, over, yeah. they're, they're all over the place. But there is there is something about being face-to-face and, and seeing them in, in mm-hmm. those smaller, quieter moments where you get to see some of the qualities you were talking about before. But... You know, as you look back on how different things were back in the age, I didn't get to see Uncle Jim all that much, um, mm-hmm. Grandpa Walt, you know, before they, before they sadly passed. But I still have fond memories despite that because they all were in person. Mm-hmm. If you had to deal with maybe only getting to see, the, you know, the, some of the grandkids, you know, two, three, four times a year at most. It's hard. It's still different. Like my uncle was in California for my entire life. So if I saw my uncle, it was once every couple of years sometimes because he didn't come once a year. We mm-hmm. didn't go out there. I mean, I didn't go out there till I was 18 years old and could buy the plane ticket myself. After my first job, I saved up for six months yeah. and I went to California to visit my uncle. That was my first big trip after saving my first paychecks. <laughs> I mean, I knew him and I felt close to him, but there was no video. There was, we wrote, we, you know, we wrote letters back and forth, piece of technology where I can actually see them. And that first year, I didn't see Rory. It was COVID. They couldn't travel. We couldn't get together. And that was the hardest part of that first year was I didn't get to hold her. And when I came up, I didn't want to go to hug her and have her start crying. That would have just been too much. That got me past that Skyping thing, being uncomfortable or whatever, because I was close to them because you posted pictures and I would see all that, but they didn't see me. So if I didn't do Skype, if I didn't get past my issues with it, they would not have seen me. You're right. That that is very kind of one way. We always do the tiny beans. Yeah. It's a great way that you know, we can, because for us, and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes too. We post one time, upload everything, and then mm-hmm. whoever wants to tune in can. Some family members like, all right, once a week, or they'll mm-hmm. get a weekly email, digest, oh, let's go on the kids. Mm-hmm. Some people go on every day and, and, oh, it's great to see what they're up to, yeah. especially the grandparents. So there's some really good tools for the parents to kind of manage because, mm-hmm. you know, again, we're dealing with the text so much. The last thing I want to do is be sending 15 different text messages exactly. and emails. Mm-hmm. You, know, you get the OMA, you know, exclusives once in a while, but... <laughs> That, that is a big time saver in terms of technology from a parent's perspective mm-hmm. with the grandparents and everyone else because I think everyone just wants to over-document their lives. Mm-hmm. Try to, I'm not really involved in social media very heavily, so I, don't, I try to keep the kids off those platforms, you know, mm-hmm. pictures of them and, and things like that. But, um, and so do your siblings for the most yeah. part. I mean, there's an occasional post. But and there's a lot of reasons yeah. why you 
don't put them up there. But Stranger the, danger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we talked before about, you know, wrote letters to Uncle John, and a lot of those letters did survive. You know, I remember mm-hmm. you and I went out there and we took care of his estate for, for what it was, and mm-hmm. we found boxes of these letters, and we did have he, a real... He kept everything. He kept everything. In a different way, though. It, it was a certain, like, you know, it's his hand on the paper versus mm-hmm. just a, one of the thousands of photos he took every day, mm-hmm. right? Skype is great in terms of that the live interaction, but it's kind of ephemeral, right? You're going to have those, those still images, but for me, like, you know, as a writer, right, it's always my best thoughts. You kind of have more of that long form. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a while to read a letter. It takes, a lot, it takes longer to write one than to read it. Mm-hmm. Thoughts tend to be deeper. And my, this is my opinion. I'm, I'm curious what you feel on that. I have journals that uh, you go into the dollar store, they have the black and white notebooks that are now all these crazy colors and prints and whatever. And I I started picking them up and buying them. I never got past that uh, September buying school supplies thing, you know. (laughs) (laughs) 25 cent crayons, sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) My Crayola stash. When your sister went back to work and I started watching the boys, I knew that she was going to have her withdrawal symptoms working moms. I get it. It's, uh, It's a real thing. And I started keeping a journal. And the journal is actually written basically in your nephew's. Today, Oma took us to blah, blah, yeah. blah. So I've documented a lot of stuff that your sister would have missed so that when she came home from work, she could get a whole rundown of his day. And it was good because it kept her, you know, she knew when he ate, when he slept. If she wanted to keep the schedule going, it, it made it easy. And then I thought, well, it's not fair to just do it for them. So whenever I would think something came up or an occasion or whatever, I would make notes on the visit. Like I even started with my being here. I have a journal going for this trip so that I can go back and take certain things from those journals. Each one of my grandchildren has their own journal at my house so that if I think of something that I want to tell them Mm. that they're too little to understand now, I can write that down. And at some point, that's going to be for them. They're my gift to them. And, you know, they can look back and see silly little memories like yesterday, gymnastics. You know, she can go back and go, I remember that. Oh, what a, what, that's a, such an incredible gift, too. I mean, we talked about it briefly. I didn't realize, you know, how, how deep you're going with that. But I started it when I found out each one of them was coming. Oh, I found out today you're, you're coming. My heart's so happy. And, you know, just that they'll know how I felt at that very moment. That's awesome find myself too you know not having grown up without knowing either of my biological grandfathers you know there's always that Mm -hmm. risk that some of my thoughts like what my wishes for for my kids relatives in general right like we Mm -hmm. never have the time to really say the things that really matter and Mm -hmm. that for me that that spurs a lot of my actual writing and part of the reason for the podcast is getting out there and trying to give what i have learned and what other people have taught me and and providing those sort of that sort of assistance to others right helping Mm -hmm. coach up or, or or provide support for people but i guess where i'm going with this is Finding a way to kind of leave that legacy, leave that best thought so they can grow into it just in case I you know, walk out of here and get hit by a bus or something. Oh, that's been my thought, too. I don't know what shape I'll be in. You know, when the girls are graduating from high school, if I'm here, great. If I'm not, you know, I want to be able to just to be able to leave them things that will leave them knowing that they were loved, wanted and wanting the best for them. And if there's some way to give them some little piece of knowledge that helps them get there, that's the best gift you can give somebody. Yeah, you're basically giving them a time machine. Like, this might save you, you know, yeah. a whole lot of you know, headaches, heartaches, or mm-hmm. timing, time to Back grow. aches, <laughs> leg aches. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, this has been great. You know, is there anything you, you know, we haven't talked about or things you wanted to share, or just silly stories? Or... I could probably go on for five or six hours. You don't have that kind of money, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> 
This has been fantastic. Um, this little episode of Mom will deal with it. So hope anyone ever has any more questions, we'll have you back on for a follow up episode. Oh wow! Fly me up. No, and it's called Zoom. <laughs> Technology. Oh, Zoom. <laughs> I don't know. I've paid my engineer quite a bit to get this figured out. You know, Wait you a know, minute. I'll write a letter. <laughs> I'll send you a journal. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to trans- pay, pay someone to transcribe letters. Oh, well, Mom, thank you so much for being a part of this, you know, helping to share your wisdom with the audience. Thank you for uh, having me here today. It's that, been fun. And that's Crystal. This is Mom will deal with it. That's right. <laughs> All right take care, everybody. Bye-bye. If you feel that Chris dealt with it, I'd appreciate your support of the show by sharing it with someone who might benefit. Ratings on your favorite podcast player are also helpful in growing the audience. Visit chriscroyder.com for free downloadable PDFs with notes and resources from today's episode, sign up for the CDWI mailing list, or to send in your problems or requests for future shows. That's C-H-R-I-S-K-R-E-U-T-E-R.com, or use the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Chris will Deal With It.